Welcome to the Thought Leadership Podcast, where we share insights on how you can become the go-to thought leader in your niche. I'm your host, Alejandro Sanoja, founder and personal branding consultant at Latin Prosaurus, and today our guest is Cyrus Nambach. Cyrus is co-founder at AirInfluencer.com, a PhD in engineering and AI, and a serial entrepreneur with a great passion and knowledge in building platforms, marketplaces, and social apps in the last 12 years. In the last five years, Cyrus and the co-founder, David Benoliel, have built a platform for Instagram growth and marketing, which has served more than 800,000 businesses, influencers, and those aspiring to become an influencer. Currently, Cyrus and his partner are running Air Influencer, which is a DIY marketplace for Instagram influencer marketing. They are on a mission to serve micro-influencers as well as small and medium-sized businesses to get the financial freedom they deserve. Cyrus, I'm excited about the conversation we're going to have today. And I think a great place to start is how did you make that transition from PhD in biomedical engineering with a focus on AI to influencer marketing? Uh, great. And thanks for the opportunity to be here. Basically, we have to, I have to go back and see who I am, like, you know, and why I went through the PhD all the way up to the PhD. I think my cause and main reason was to serve people or underserved as much as I can through my entrepreneurial DNA or nature. So I realized even halfway through my undergrad, I like to build products that can serve people, real products rather than just, you know, go going through some science or something that never going to be used. We, I, I, at least I'm aware that how many scientific articles, papers can be published every year and just stay in the libraries and they never uh, touch anybody or anything out in the market or they don't solve any real problems. Whereas I've been always trying to learn and educate myself to be able to build things that in, in reality help people. And that's why when I went through my undergrad, I built one machine at the end for uh, nurses to communicate with patients at the hospital in the more convenient way, way back then in 2003. Uh, going through my master's, I built uh, the first almost tele-ECG machine uh, that was piloted um, at the guy's hospital, it could in real time uh, monitor patients' hearts wherever they are living or working from the hospital, guy's hospital in London and uh, England. And going through the PhD, my purpose was not only I get clo closer to companies like GE Healthcare, uh, who were sponsoring me for the PhD, and, and, and bring my tele-ECG machine to the market. Uh, so as any first-time entrepreneurs, they, they realize is that entrepreneurial and building companies or businesses are one thing and building a product is another thing. Product mm -hmm. is just the beginning of uh, something. It's a seed that you plant into uh, ground and now you have to fertilize it and do so many things to turn it to, uh, to, to get the yield. So building a business was my challenge. Halfway through my PhD, I totally changed my mind to focus on building machines and medical devices anymore and go down any path, entrepreneurial path that is easy, fast to go to market. And uh, it becomes bigger, faster, and I can learn through that uh, what I'm supposed to learn 
uh, as an entrepreneur and basically if not A to Z, A to, uh, I would say F, at least I can learn that. So basically my, uh, when I was halfway through my PhD, me and my business, uh, one of my classmates, we decided to start a marketplace fitness app that uh, was going to help uh, fitness professionals to sell their services and products online and through this platform to their existing customers. Primarily, our goal was to go to one of the largest uh, fitness uh, like gyms in, in, in Canada, which is called Good Life, and allow their personal trainers to sell their services and products and get closer to their members uh, by these services. They were excited about uh, doing that. and But... Uh, uh, like any other entrepreneurs who start learning and learning more and more every day, we realize like relying on one gym is, uh, is a suicide rather than going down the path of working with fitness models on Instagram, allowing them to do the same with their followers. Mm-hmm. Not only we create uh, uh, viral loops and allow them to brand us through their channels, but also uh, we are helping a larger scale of uh, customers who are also each of them are independent of each other. So w- one of them, the decision one of them makes doesn't affect our platform and the rest of our users. So as we moved forward, so as you know, when you move forward as, a, as an entrepreneur and learn and uh, build the teams and grow and get investors coming in, the government funds you. So before you know, you forget. Oh, I was doing a PhD in biomedical engineering back then, a couple of years ago, and now I'm totally excited and doing things that I'm doing on, on a daily basis, wearing different hats, and it's a very dynamic and vibrant uh, situation that not even one single day is similar to the previous day. And mm-hmm. so it was my journey through that transition that I realized uh, how fast you could go to market with web and mobile apps and if you address a, a proper niche and understand the needs of that niche and also uh, in reality it doesn't matter if you're building a, a surgical tool and going to market versus a web app to help certain people to get better proactive health through fitness professionals uh, at the end of the day, you're serving a larger group of people. At the same time, you, you, you do the same thing, which is like fundraising, building teams, growing the products. Uh, in, in medicine, to be honest, like, you know, I realized it's hard to become a, a first-time entrepreneur in terms of uh, many things. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you want to get regulatory regulations, uh, FDAs and those kind of things, it takes sometimes 10, 12, 16 years of your time, you've got to raise a lot of money to be able to even build the products that are marketable. And then also you have to go through through different layers of uh, decision makers to put your product eventually in the hands of uh, consumers or those who are supposed to use it. So I made that pivot in my life and I'm very happy. Fast forward slowly, that platform also pivoted to a SaaS Instagram marketing platform, which was again addressing all Instagram, like a bigger, huge, a huge market, bigger market. And, and my business partner, current business partner, David Bonoglio came along and we built that business to 50 plus employees, 800,000 users who are uh, were using our product to grow their Instagrams, uh, do different tactics and things um, uh, around Instagram marketing. And uh, yeah, that, before I know, I was now like, 
a marketer, a digital marketer, growth hacker in terms of um, um, building, like growing businesses and taking them to the market. Like, you know, and uh, I consider myself now an entrepreneur regardless of what I'm doing first and second, a uh, very good digital marketer. That's interesting, Cyrus. There's many ways we can go from here. Um, I have questions about the app making process, the influencers, but this is something that's been highlighted. Everybody is talking about influencer marketing. When done right, it can be a great way to build trust, to build community and to grow a company. So in, it seems that not only you're familiar with that space, but familiar also on how to enable people to, to leverage that. So if you, I know it's always difficult to, to narrow down to, to simple steps or, or lists, but if you could highlight some of the, the major elements of do's and don'ts when working with influencers, they say there's a company out there and they're thinking, hey, I have this budget and I want to leverage all through influencer marketing. We're going to make our biggest bet to grow our company through influencer marketing. What would you recommend them to avoid and what would you recommend them to do? So obviously I'm a little bit uh, passionate and biased toward influencer marketing because not only I've seen it in action myself through my previous ventures and uh, the marketplace I explained and our SaaS business plus like another uh, medical app that I built and launched called Instamedic. I've seen in, uh, in reality myself and many, many other businesses that if you leverage influencer marketing in the right way, the rewards are not, are peerless and no one, no other channel can beat it. And so what, but when it comes to influencer marketing, the question comes, like the first thought comes to many entrepreneurs' mind or businesses' mind is that, oh, I have to go find a way to talk with Justin Bieber or Kim Kardashian and those type of persona, like, you know, people who have managers running their business and it's hard to even negotiate with them. I remember early stages of uh, Gymnot, my uh, fitness marketplace, we wanted to talk with one of the top fitness influencers and get them to support us. And right off the bat, we had to cut a check for $5,000 to just get past the manager's mm -hmm. approval. So influencer marketing is the, essentially the word of mouth marketing, which has been proven for hundreds of years as, a, as the most efficient way of uh, getting your message out there and getting the attention of people. So basically all times I would go out and tell my friends and families nowadays with the uh, rise of social platforms such as Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, you, you have a luxury of quick turnaround and talking to a certain uh, uh, group of people who have built an audience around your niche to tell them about your existing, your products existing and, and promote you in a quick way and let the, let, let the rest place, uh, play its role. So the cautionary points that I could mention is that there, there is 20% scam in this market. Do not just blindly go in and talk to someone who you see on Instagram and say, here you go, my money, go get it done. I've had this experience of losing like not a big amount, $400, first time I wanted to try it. And many other people have had that experience. So avoid the scams. Second, have an objective around what you ex specifically expect 
these influencers to do and stick to that. Basically, you have to have a media kit. They are, these are my requirements. These are the things that I want you to do, create a video, unpack my product, and stick to that and make sure you make it as clear as possible. Not necessarily these influencers know your business as much as you know, but you have to help them, give them the assets that they need. And make sure, find a way to find uh, their authenticity and relevancy for your business. And this is another place that it impacts the ROI or return on your investment when you're working with influencers. So, and there are a few other challenges that I will explain uh, how we solved when we saw these challenges in our own businesses and turned it to a more streamlined uh, workflow marketplace uh, platform that anybody can do it, do it yourself marketplace. Uh, so you don't need a big team of influencer marketers in your business. Also, you don't need uh, sophistication of understanding tons of data and numbers and things that comes down to the uh, influencers inside and who their audiences are. are. And at the same time, you can you can actually put a budget and go quick with it and get a good turnaround with that budget and in the game feed it back and work more often with those influencers. At this uh, and at the end, also I would mention, I would like to mention that you would need to work with let's say fifty to hundreds of influencers and then narrow it down and find these twenty to thirty good influencers that give, they give you proper ROI, I would, uh, I would draw the analogy and say, this is similar to the machine learning algorithms on advertising channels, that they need to have a, a small sample of those who are interested in your product until they get it right. And then they continue scaling their budget on uh, your budget on the advertising channel. For influencers are saying, you have to, you never can say, I sit back and I have to, be sure that the first 50 influencers that I want to work with, they are right, absolutely. And they're going to give me uh, the best ROI. You have to go work with 50, 100, maybe 500 influencers. And eventually you have a group of 50 to 100 based on your, uh, um, your objectives and uh, your ambition that you const constantly do the repeat works with them. So you need to take first is that to take this channel very serious because it's the most effective, efficient and effective channel that you can have in your marketing. Second is that you need to experiment with it and then finally narrow down your list of influencers to a small group that you can repeat working with them. Obviously, obviously one more thing is that you have to understand the nature of your business and what social platform is fit for that let's say if i'm b2b probably linkedin if i'm b2c and consumers even though a lot of b2b businesses also work with the platforms like tiktok and instagram so you have to go consumer instagram tiktok and if the nature is more matching with um, youtube videos and seo and you want to help also your uh, search engine optimization you also go with the bigger youtubers who can actually and uh, leverage the content uh, in a longer way and also help your uh, searchability and you know discovery on Google too. Harris, you mentioned pick 50, 100, 500 to start with and then narrow it down so you can really see 
which are the ones that are giving you the proper ROI. And I think that in general, it's how it works with most things in business, right? Like you don't know for sure it's gonna work. You have a, a hypothesis um, and then you go test it and, and you tweak. Now with influencer marketing, are there any specific variables that you would look for to see if it's working or not, right? Like if somebody, let's say they wanna do this, what would you recommend them to set up so they can track if it's working or not, right? Like we can see, I'm sure you can see some Instagram. I think now Instagram has some great analytics that if you're a, a business partner or a paid partner, you can see the stats from the post of the person. So that can give you a good understanding at least of reach and engagement that it's getting. But if you want to get down to tracking or at least correlating revenue with that activity, what are some of the steps that you would recommend people take? Is it just a code that they could put on their store? What What are some of those steps that they can take? Uh, traditionally, b- before I jump into this, I wanted to actually pick up on your uh, phrase and say also uh, as as an entrepreneur, I learned the the, the worst risk is trying nothing, like you know, mm-hmm. doing and not taking the risk. A lot of people look at let's say advertising or influencer marketing as a risk or investment that you they're not sure if it's gonna uh, have any return. I would say the the higher risk is that that you look back and seeing your competition are leveraging in that channel and taking get to the next level and getting the best out of it. So don't think that way go in and experiment with it uh, in terms of tracking performance basically traditionally what a lot of people have done is that that they try to track clicks by you know through like a clickable links and making sure they can see at least from the social channel of certain influencers that they are working with how many clicks have been sent back to their website and then through the google analytic they could see how many of those guys purchased or downloaded their their apps there are many tools built for that like google analytics on the app side if you are downloading apps branch.io and also uh, associating all, all of these um, with a coupon code, as you mentioned, like, you know, mm-hmm. other businesses say like, listen, I give it 10% coupon code to all of your audience and also 10% revenue to you off of each purchase, right? Mm-hmm. So you as an influencer go out and you promote a drink and saying, buy this on this website, coupon code XYZ, and then you can track everything. What we are doing at the influencer is that actually this is more of like an affiliate uh, uh, marketing as well. So we are trying to streamline the entire business into one place in a way that you could not only generate trackable links and short links that can sit in influencers bio, but also you could we could you could put a pixel on our platform and go back and we could learn from all the users that are going to your website and purchasing or downloading or doing uh, the CTA that you were trying to achieve and then give you the whole report. Right now on influencer.com, what we do is that we track the reports on the post, as you mentioned as, as well, like with likes, comments. And the next phase, what we're doing is a clicks and then making sure there is a bridge between our platform and your website or 
any other analytic call tools that you are using. Is there another way that you would recommend tracking that ROI? Because for example, Tim Ferriss is super famous for mm. recommending things on his podcast. And he says, hey, it's a, it could be the hug of death because when I mm. recommend something, it might just sell out and you're going to have the biggest growth in, in sales in that moment. And, and he recommends a lot of things with that. Hey, this thing.com slash Tim or mm. put the code Tim and you'll they'll they track it and they know it comes from him but there are so many other things for example that he recommends clothes and different things that i just go to the website and maybe there's not a code um and and you just buy it and we understand that that's just business like you said word of mouth sometimes it happens and there's a balance between just trusting that that is happening and not measuring it and being just focus on the, I have to measure everything. And if not, if it's not moving, we're not going to do this, right? Like there's a, there's a balance there with having a little bit of faith and measuring. Um, are there any other ways in which you would recommend? Um, is it setting a timeline? Hey, expect it, that this is going to work in three, six or nine or 12 months, or is this a short-term thing that you can measure right away? What are some of those caveats that you recommend people to have in mind when they're starting an influencer campaign yeah so basically it also um, goes back to the nature of the platform or inf- like the platform that the influencers are sitting on if if, if i go to work with the youtubers obviously this is going to be a constant um, um, constant if, if the video takes off it's going to be constantly viewed and more and more views will lead to more and more awareness considerations and links in the caption to for people to go by if it's instagram usually uh, it's the strongest channel but also has uh, longevity of let's say feed posts and stories one day uh, reels tend to go eternal and tiktok turns to grow over time and goes forever. Basically, the difference between TikTok uh, Reels and Instagram feed, uh, or Instagram Reels with Instagram feed and stories, is that uh, the Instagram is based on the graph is based on the social social graph and your relationship with people, whereas uh, TikTok or Reels are based on the interest graph graph, right? So it. As long as there is interest in your persona or around your video, uh, videos clues, more and more people will see it, mm-hmm. right? It never stops. So you have to expect uh, actually a pickup at any moment, any time, and go- grows bigger. Whereas in Instagram feed or stories, it's like a, it picks and it may dies. Uh, it may die. So. It goes to the nature of the platform you aim to work at, and you find that this that platform is the strongest and the most relevant channel for you to focus and invest in it. So at the end of the day, I personally don't get obsessed way too much with performance measurements because in any like like any other businesses, there are three phases for customer acquisition is is uh, awareness, considerations, and sales. So you can't necessarily jump always from the first ad into sales. You need to do these 
to build the base, collect maybe sometimes like you know collect emails and nurture people, and eventually uh, get them closer to sales and pushing them toward your product and then referral at them. So with influencer marketing, it's a little bit tougher than advertising for in terms of tracking, but also it's a no-brainer that it's, the, it's way more efficient when it comes to the budget that you spend. So you have to make that trade-off to see how far you want to go. You want to be, you never can be as precise as when Instagram measures your ads and its performance, but also you got to spend a lot of money to compete on Instagram advertisement because when you run Instagram advertisement, Google advertisement, you're bidding, right? You're bidding against the richest guy in the game. If you go for certain, let's say for nurses in the market, there are a lot of uh, pharmaceutical companies that you're competing against and you have to increase your budget to be able to actually be exposed to those nurses that you're targeting. Whereas influencer marketing doesn't matter as long as the influencer shows your product to, to his or her audience, you're going to probably make sure, for sure, you're going to have 20% of their audience seeing your product. Iris, I want to go back to a point that you made that people think influencer marketing is not just about getting Justin Bieber to talk about your product, which is what most people think. And there's been a lot of talk about it because there's a story about, I think it's JC in, in his bio that they talk about how he was an owner in a in a brand before he started promoting it through his videos and nobody knew because he didn't want people to think that he was promoting just because he was the owner, right? Like there could be conflict of interest. People think you're tricking them and you just want them to buy your, your products. And there's been this big wave of people understanding that they have influence and they're using it to not only promote products, but promote their products and their companies, right? Like a, a good example of that is The Rock, that he has a lot of influence. He started a, a tequila company, and now it's the fastest growing tequila company in the, wow. in the U.S. history. He started uh, an energy drink company, and it's the fastest energy drink company. In, and, and it's all related to his brand. Um, and then you have other cases where... I don't know, there's this big influencer promoting something and it's like, yeah, it's cool and it generates buzz, but it doesn't really go anywhere. And, and you said, hey, focus on maybe there's a small influencer that it's more in line with your product and they're going to generate more trust. They use it and, and people see that it actually generates value and it creates word of mouth. So how do you, um, if again, going back to the point, somebody wants to maximize their budget, what would you tell them to do in terms of Picking exactly what, I guess, what size of influencer and then how to understand which in that size, right? Like, should you go with a macro and just bet it all on, on one person that has a lot of reach and it's super famous? Or do you spread it? Um, do you do a mix or do you spread it across a lot of micro influencers that are not known, but they have a lot of trust in their circles? Yeah. It's a very good question. So I want to also tell this story that uh, a guy who built a, mas a mascara company went to Kim Kardashian, gave 80% of the company to her first day. And then when she put it out there, they sold a million dollars on day one. And before even they do anything, he gave 80% of the company to her. And that's how basic, how strong influencers are 
in the grand scale of influencer marketing and how strong Instagram also is in terms of uh, consumer products such as mascara or makeups or drinks, anything else. So experimentally and statistically speaking, it's a no-brainer that micro-influencers are more efficient than macro, meaning that if you put $1 on each, you get higher return on micro-influencers versus macro. At the same time, I would say 90, probably 5% of businesses can afford macro influencers to just put like a, put all their budget into one shot of working with not necessarily Kim Kardashian, which is worth a million dollars per post. Someone who charges them $20,000 without knowing that what's going to happen. So not only is wise to spread your money across a lot of micro influencers, and see what persona of uh, micro-influencers are actually giving you better ROI and focus on that and re repeat your uh, campaigns with those type of influencers. But also, you don't have to break your bank to understand, to smoke test your product and hypo like hypothesis if there's anything that they're going to push out. So basically, micro-influencers is the go-to place and also... Uh, making sure wisely you spread your money uh, among multiple uh, influencers. And, and this is actually what we realize experimentally and the statistics are also showing that 5X is their ROI, 5X uh, micro-influencers. And that's why we built a influencer also for micro-influencers and smaller brands to be connected and work together in a transparent, open DIY marketplace. Are there any best practices when working with those influencers in terms of what type of content to create, right? Like, because they could do a video, they could do, like you said, a reel, just a post, uh, they could do a review, an unboxing. I guess it, it depends a lot on, on the type of product or service that you're promoting. But overall, is there anything that comes to mind that you would say, yeah. hey, get, give them a script? And then the product, I don't know, a month earlier or a week earlier so they can use it. Any any benchmarks and best practices that come to yeah. mind to maximize the campaign and the content? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, you know, personally, and also I would say this is, uh, again, like, you know, it's not a science. It's just a known. You go, you kill two birds with one uh, stone by just not only allowing these influencers to create a content for you that their face, their voice, their persona is on it and their taste of like either readiness or funny or whatever you are looking for is on it and also they promote it for you. So I would definitely always ask influencers to create a content for me because now you have that content sitting as a testimonial on your website, in your emails, in, in your whatever next brochure, whatever it is on your own Instagram, as well as uh, getting them to promote that in the most natural way to their audience. That's what you want. If I give them my own video and say, just put it on your feed or your reels, the audience will know that this is an advertisement built by a brand and given to them to just put it up there. But if I ask them, can you create a, 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 a funny reel that you're dancing in it and, and telling I'm making money with this platform or whatever, the, this product was so delicious that made me to dance. Whatever the, the media kit that you built and give to them. Then this content, 
actually we use this content for ourselves for fundraising and raise our pre, uh, close our pre-seed a few days ago and it worked very well when we showed uh, a famous uh, micro basketball micro influencer who was a basketball player talking to his audience stop doing nothing do nothing just go download this app because now you can make money so when we showed the investors they right away they understood the power of uh, content that through influencers are made and also and how fast you could scale your marketing with tons of different creators and with different tastes and different personas right so and also i recommend on instagram go for reels because it has more longevity so get them to create content and post it on reels usually you could ask influencers uh, never hurts if you ask can you just post this post this on your other channels for an extra fee or usually they if they want to build a relationship with, with you they do that for you because nothing also is better for influencers to have a repeat business with one brand yeah and now instagram is getting smart they have this new feature where i don't know if it's a tag I think it's not a tag. I think they call it collaborator, but basically you could do a post. I think a post or a reel and you add someone as collaborator and both names show up on top and it shows up both of their feeds. So basically mm. you're getting three, with influencers marketing, you're getting three birds in one stone, right? Because you're getting, you're getting the word of mouth, you're building trust with that person, they're using the product but also you are getting content. So basically you could, if it's good content, like you're saying, they're doing their thing. You can basically leverage and, and you're almost outsourcing part of your content creation exactly. through, through those efforts. So imagine, so imagine you create a content on Fiverr that with a graphic designer or video designer, that has uh, nothing like, but just giving, he does nothing but just giving you a content that he created in his own bedroom without his face, without his own personality on it versus an influencer that can create a very cool, funny, sexy, whatever the video is supposed to be for you. Yeah, exactly. Killing th three birds is the better analogy. <laughs> Cyrus, any industries, I know you are also, you have some, you, you mentioned about the health industry. You now we're talking about influencer. And of course that covers many industries. I know you've also have some businesses in the real estate space. Are there any industries that are better or worse? Anything that stands out that aligns or not with influencer marketing? That they are not in line with the influencer marketers? Either that these are the best because I don't know, like logically I could think that B2C maybe works best, but who knows? Maybe with the data you can see behind the scenes that, yeah. well, actually this other industry works well because of X. Yeah. So uh, basically any B2C, it's a no-brainer. Go with influencers, really push it out from the beginning. Even the... Um, businesses that are like B2B, but they are on the app side, like, you know, the platforms, websites, uh, app applications, mobile apps. And I have done this for uh, the, my app, which was for medical professionals a few years ago. I just kept pushing it on Instagram and uh, I grew it in five months to 70,000 nurses, doctors, and medical students 
which is the toughest market if you if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Medical professional is a small market, global, but also it's very tough to get them to download an app and then use an app. So I would say influencer marketing can work for everything and don't take it from me. Gary V had a talk this year, 2022, about influencer marketing and marketing as a whole. And he says, if you are even a real estate agent, which is very business, B2B almost business, uh, and you go on TikTok or Reels and create any content and make sure your profile or bio says who you are, they're gonna be, 800,000 views six months from now on that video. Mm-hmm. So I would say there is, if you have to find the platform that matches your business first and foremost, let's say most B2 very enterprise solutions have to go LinkedIn, YouTube. Again, YouTube also, if you can do SEO, definitely you can do YouTube. And also most B2Cs, Instagram first, and now uh, as an emerging platform, TikTok too. Uh, so you have to go. Pinterest also is one of those platforms that uh, showing a very good potential, especially when it comes to anything home, garden, uh, DIY, women, especially uh, women's uh, anything related to what women are interested in. So you find that, and it never stay away from this channel, regardless of the nature of your business. Uh, we have on our platform people who are mortgage brokers and, and using influencer marketers, people who are doing NFT, which is a uh, consumer. Uh, but the best businesses for Instagram influencer marketing are beauty, DIY, home decor, garden, and uh, fitness. Businesses in that nature are the best, and but we have really a, a, a widespread uh, list of businesses that they are right now running campaigns on the influencer and they're getting the results that they want. Now, that's a great point. I, of course, I'm biased as well because I believe in content. That's that's mainly what we do and, and I'm biased. I think a great example is what Nerd Wallet just did with being a public company that just, they just do content and they refer people because people trust them in their financial advice. And we're mm-hmm. seeing that in, in many different places. When content is done right, people trust it. Um, now, there's a lot of automation that's happening right now. And when you leverage technology the right way, for example, narrowing down a list of, I don't know how many influencers, to maybe 500, like you said, to, to begin with, you can do that through technology. But there's also that the human component of how do you reach out to them? How do you keep them engaged, right? Like, Because you need to build that trust with the influencer as well. So it's, not, so it's not just a transaction of like, okay, let me post this, but let me really also build a relationship with this company. So are there any any steps, any benchmarks, any best practices that you would recommend on the human side on how to build that relationship with the influencer? Uh, yes, it all, all comes down again um, in building relationship with these influencers. And usually you want, to make it as easy as possible for them to understand you and because you're sitting behind your computer, you're not seeing them. They're not coming most likely to your uh, office or business to, to talk to you and uh, you know feel you. So it's better you make your communications clear, concise, and trustable with them and let them 
to do their job and trust them and let them they understand their audience and they're they're also create, creating they understand the, the business of creating content that works because they've been doing this probably for a while and you have to trust their their uh, guts and go with them and it's, nothing works better to in, in terms of building relationship when you have a great understanding of the other side and continue improving uh, the process with them together and also for influencers what i recommend as well is you need to build that relationship with the brands by just giving extra things doing things that the brand even wasn't expected the businesses uh, that wasn't expected uh, you're going to do like for example oh okay i put your website in my bio i will post it on my reels as well i would uh, you know repost it a week from now and if you want an edit on the content, I will do it for you. Uh, or I have TikTok, I will post it there too. Uh, things like this, it will get you a relationship, a sustainable relationship that it will, you can monetize it forever almost. As long as that business is around, they're going to work with you. So Harris, we've, we've talked about the health industry. We've talked about influencers, real estate in many biomedical, engineering, AI, many different topics. So when people ask you, what do you do? What do you tell them? I basically, uh, first and foremost, I'm an entrepreneur serving underserved. That's what I love always doing. And uh, currently, me and my business partner, David, uh, we'll have launched in last August a platform called aInfluencer.com which in the simplest way is a DIY Instagram marketing, uh, Instagram influencer marketing marketplace, meaning that if you are a small business, underserved business as we know, uh, you go to this platform, you set up your campaign for your product, and right away you get matched with hundreds of influencers in your niche. And we've done a job of, in terms of understanding them, their authenticity, their relevancies, and their data. And then you could let them either invite them or let them to make offers to your campaign. I would recommend that you invite as many as you can and go from there. Like, you know, it's a one-to-one -one chat and negotiations, offers, counter offers. And when the deal is closed, make a payment through the platform, safe and trustable you know place to do that and then when they finish their deliverables they publish the content or create the content and, and or they wait for you to send them the products to unpack or uh, review them or wear them and take a picture of video with them and when they deliver it and campaign is uh, healthy and delivered entirely uh, and robustly the money gets released to their wallets so and then post campaign is uh, reviews and transparency for the next uh, other brands that they're going to come to work with that influencer it's similar to what you had uh, so it's a transparent democratized diy marketplace for small size businesses mainly we we, we vision this to be able to do it on their own without paying hefty fees to agencies or, or platforms that they charge monthly fees or or upfront fees and get 
an influx of influencers coming in, in for their campaign forever. On the other side, for micro-influencers who are also underserved, 97% of them are not served because they're not Kim Kardashian type of influencers, to get brands that they love to work with and mm -hmm. have that financial freedom that they need with small campaigns, but you know, an influx of uh, money comes into their accounts uh, by working with these businesses and brands that they love to work with. So, are there any baselines that you would recommend people to have in mind when accessing the platform? For example, would you recommend them, hey, expect that the timeline between beginning to contact them to actually get the content out is X number of weeks or months? Or is there any baselines in terms of, hey, you should at least have a budget of X amount of money so that you could work with ex-influencers for this long so that you can see results any any baselines that come to mind yeah i i i would recommend that nothing is worse than when you set up your campaign and ignore let's say all the influencers because you don't have the budget right now or you're not prepared your, your business is still not launched or live you through our platform influencer.com always you can set up your campaign and set up your timeline saying, I want influencers to promote my business two months from now. So you build the entire uh, group of influencers that they're gonna do something for you. And, but the deadline or timeline is like, okay, I want you know three months, two months from now, all the posts go live. But you can't ignore them for too long and then say, I will come back to them you know, two months from now, I will, when I have my mm -hmm. business live or when I have my budget or I raise my uh, funds, and then I'll, I, I continue that. You, you lose the trust right there because the, they will see you as someone who's not serious to work with. And uh, influencers probably talk to a lot of businesses on a daily basis in different places. And they know they want to work with someone who's serious, wants to put skin in the game. And go with those. So have a budget, let's say minimum five hundred thousand dollars, and have an expectation of like how many influencer, uh, how many influencers you want to work with. Build that relationship and keep it there, even if you don't have a budget or your business is not live. And go with, with it later down the road. Iris, that sounds great. We'll link to that resource to the website, the platform on the on the show notes and everywhere that we share the podcast so the people know where to find it if they're looking to start doing some influencer marketing anything else that you would like to share with our audience any yeah, other for sure if... basically i wanted to let you know that because of the great time i had here with you i wanted to give hundred dollar credit out of any thousand dollar expenditure if anybody listening to this podcast and wants to run influencer campaigns with a influencer.com. So we match uh, one to 10, their, their budget to help them with their, you know, uh, early campaigns and get them set up and, and up and running on that platform. Also we recently published an ebook, which is uh, called hundred shades of influencer marketing uh, with, 100 thought leaders so we got 100 thought leaders in influence and marketing featured in the book and learned from their experience over the years of working with influencer marketers with influencers as, as an influencer marketer for e-commerce businesses for small businesses agencies their own businesses and 
basically, if you want to learn a lot of secrets behind what these thought leaders have done to be successful with influencer marketing, this is the book, free book you can download. You can go to our website, influencer.com, and the link to the book will be there to, to download that. It's free, totally free, and you can download it and start reading it. That's generous, Cyrus. I'm sure the audience will appreciate that. I appreciate you and your time. This has been a great conversation. I'm sure we could keep talking for hours, but I wouldn't be mindful of your time. And to everybody out there, now you know, we'll put a link somewhere. You have that, that offer from the platform, from Cyrus. And for everybody out there listening, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it for the time.